Here is a stunning statistic. As of March 2022, the percentage of pastors who have considered quitting full-time ministry within the past year is 42%. 42% of pastors surveyed have considered resigning. Welcome. This is the Unconventional Ministry Podcast, where the conversation is about fresh ideas in ministry, innovative approaches, and collaborative efforts. I'm your host, Dennis Weens, Vice President for Ministry Partnerships at SAT7 USA. My guest today is Rich Hooper with uh, Imagine 320. And Rich, welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Thanks, Dennis. Uh, thanks so much for having me. You know, that number that you gave, 42% of pastors that are wanting to quit full-time ministry, that number is actually up 13% from January of last year. And I really believe a lot of pastors are struggling with what's going on politically, what's going on in the world. We don't even have to talk about that. I think we all know what's what's going on, but it really does affect pastors because being in pastoral ministry for 30 plus years, a lot of times we feel like that we we have to have the answer for everything. And we feel like we have to be right. uh, have the solution for everything. And that's a lot of pressure. You've been a you you've been a pastor for 32 years, yes. been in the ministry. You've been all aspects of church life, mm. from worship, youth and children's ministry, discipleship, outreach. You've been an executive pastor. You've also been a senior pastor role. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've experienced what so many of these pastors are facing. And I was also reading that younger pastors, the percentage is actually higher, according to an article I read in Christian Post, where uh, those over 45, the percentage may be a little less. Mm. So you were you were talking about some of the reasons. Um, yeah, just we need our listeners to understand what's going out there so that they can be sensitive to this as they sit in the pew on at their church services to understand their pastors. So talk to us a little bit in detail. What are the pastors going through? Well, as I was mentioning before, a lot of times we as pastors feel like we have to be able to have the solution for everything in everyone's life. And we take on a lot of the issues that are going on. We take those on personally. And then we've got our own families and our own issues that we're dealing with within our family dynamic. And so I think that pressure really begins to mount up. And one of the things that I found is pastors tend to be one of the most isolated people groups there are. Uh, who do they talk to? Who do they go to talk to if they have problems and issues? And maybe even pastors that are facing uh, facing addiction. Uh, they don't know who to talk to because if they if they go talk to one of their parishioners, uh, they lose trust. If they talk to their their bishop or their superintendent, then they could lose their job. But they need to talk through the issues that they're dealing with. So Tanya and I have a heart for the local pastor to come alongside them and to help breathe life into the work that's being done there in the church, but also to help them relationally come alongside them. Just talking to a pastor last night who is uh, actually on a six-month sabbatical and he's dealing with depression. And he says, how do I work through this depression with anybody uh, and be able to talk openly without affecting my job or affecting my ability to minister to them? And so there's a lot of pastors that have these issues going on, plus with everything going on in the world, we want to come alongside them to encourage them, obviously to pray for them, but also to to join arm in arm with them to help breathe life and revitalize the work that God's doing in their church. You know, you mentioned the pastor's going through so much. Uh, let's think through for a minute uh, the parishioner, the church member, the church attender. Uh, what are some things that they can do 
to recognize that the pastor is struggling? Well, I think, first of all, prayer, and that sounds trite, but I think true, effective, fervent prayer for your pastor, because your pastor is human, and so they face things in their relationships in their life, so pray for them. But also, uh, become somebody that they can trust, uh, pick up the load, and try to help with, with things that are going on there in the church. A lot of pastors are doing everything or doing too much, and so they need someone to come alongside them to I like to use the phrase, harness up with them and pull. So pastors need good, solid, committed leadership to harness up with them and pull. And then as you pray, the Holy Spirit will speak things to you that you can specifically pray about. And then just, you know, if you're if you're a, a lady, befriend the pastor's wife because she has, uh, you know, issues and problems that, that she needs to talk about that may be separate from the pastor. And so really become a, a confidant, a friend. But the biggest thing I think parishioners can do is get in there and help the work that God is doing in that church to accomplish the vision that God has given that pastor. And I would add, definitely don't criticize the pastor. Absolutely. Have have a conversation with the pastor. Don't rush to judgment. Try to understand first what the pastor's facing, some of the things he's dealing with, and be an encourager, even though you may not understand his reaction. Try to understand it. Try to get his perspective, uh, but definitely don't criticize your pastor and stay off social media as well, because a, a lot of people are expressing themselves on social media, and it's not helpful to the situation. So we need people to really to try to uh, see things from the pastor's perspective and be an advocate. I know I read on your website that uh, you advocate f- that every pastor needs a coach. So let's let's break it down. We think of coaches. We know ball ball teams and sports, and we have an image of a coach. But let's break it down. What do you mean by every pastor needs a coach? What does that look like? Well, as you mentioned, these uh, highly paid professional athletes. I'm from Dallas, so the Dallas Mavericks. We won a championship years ago, but we're going to hang on to that. And their star player Dirk Nowitzki, who came over from Germany and was a star player for the NBA, he was a great shooter. He's now retired. But even after they won the championship, he would go to the gym and he would work with his shooting coach on being becoming a better shooter. What that coach would do would come alongside him and give him objective input into how he would shoot the ball and his how he would hold the ball, how he would aim the ball. So what we do as coaches to come alongside pastors, we don't come in and tell them to change their vision. We don't come in and do work, do the work for them, but we come alongside with objectivity and say, how can we help? align your staff, your structure? How can we help make sure all the systems in your church are healthy so that you can accomplish the the vision that God has given you? We can speak objectively into things because we're on the outside looking in, whereas sometimes as a pastor, you can't see the forest for the trees because you have such tunnel vision, and that causes you to think that some things are not possible and some things won't work when we can come in and add that encouragement and say, look, let's really look at your systems. Let's look at your structure. Let's put together a strategy with some goals for, for the next year. Rally your team together to really start pulling and to help you accomplish that vision. Very good. And just as a pastor needs a coach, many Christians need a coach as well. Uh, the pastor, for probably most of them, is that coach. But there's other areas where they can be coached in their, their Christian life as well. So talk to us about this website, Imagine 320. How did you come up with that name? So 
my wife and I, uh, when we started this ministry, we were really thinking about what what do we want to call our ministry because a name is is more than just a name. It really describes what God has for that ministry. And we really just began to think about what we want churches to think about, what we have to imagine that God can do. And we thought of Ephesians 3.20, where it says, Now unto him who is exceeding, he can do exceedingly abundantly above all we think or imagine according to the power that's at work within us. And so we just began to, you know what, what if we call it Imagine 3.20, tying back to that scripture. And what we say is we want the churches to ask God and imagine what he will do and let him add his super to our natural and do a whole lot more than what we ever think of. We think of the the sack lunch. You know, the little boy brought the sack lunch and Jesus uh, took it, broke it, thanked God for it, gave it to the disciples and multiplied it. Well, that's exactly what that scripture means. We can think and imagine and we can do that. We need to. Proverbs says that a man's mind plans his ways but the Lord directs his steps. I don't think God's directing takes out our thinking and our imagining. It's a partnership. We come together and think and imagine and pray and dream, but hope is not a strategy. So then we come alongside and add action items and legs to that strategy to help see that vision accomplished. I'd remind our podcast listeners that uh, if this is something that's resonated with you, uh, give us some comments uh, and share it with your friends. And uh, be more aware of what your pastor's going through and share this with other people in your church so they can learn from uh, Rich as well. Uh, Rich, what is that website so people can get on there and look for some of your resources? Yeah, imagine320.org. So imagine320.org. And our ministry just started 1st of February, and so our website is kind of a, a new website. So we are adding uh, elements to it as we go. Right now, the biggest thing is just to find out more about us and then contact us as you have questions. We'll be adding other resources, a curriculum that we're building. We'll be adding a lot of that to our website as we go along. But we'd love to help. If there's anything we can do, please contact us through our website and let us know. Very good. And I, I noticed in the Christ, Christian Post article that I was reading, I'll put that in the notes, that uh, there's a difference between denominational churches and what pastors are going through, and then independent church. I thought it was uh, kind of interesting. Age is different, and then where you're tr- the type of church you're in. Uh, you have any thoughts on that? Well, I think relationship is key, and uh, I think denominations and fellowships are meant to be identifications. And yes, they're walls to create identification, but we don't need to close those gates so we don't have communication and fellowship one with another. I think the biggest thing that helps is if you're part of an organization or denomination, you have resources, you have relationships that are part of that dynamic. And if you're a non-denominational church or an independent church, you have to really work to build those relationships and find those resources that can help you accomplish what you want to accomplish. I've been a part of both. I've pastored churches that are part of denomination. I've also pastored a non-denominational independent church And it can be very isolating and lonely if you feel like that you're on an island trying to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. So two things are very important, relationship and resources. And so we as pastors need to make sure that we're staying connected with other pastors, that we're staying accountable to someone uh, that's, that's over us, and that we're sharing resources one with another. I may have some things that I can help, whether it's knowledge uh, or items money, finances. I may have something that someone else can use and vice versa. So sharing those resources and building those relationships are key. 
uh, whether you're part of a denomination or independent. Very good. And if you're attending church, don't just uh, settle for attending the church. Get involved in the church. Get involved Absolutely. in the life of the church. And if you go to a larger church, get involved in uh, community groups, uh, fellowship groups. They call them different things. But get involved in a group. Uh, participate. Be a part of the life of the church. Yeah. And uh, again, my encouragement is don't be quick to criticize church leadership. Uh, try to understand what they're going through, understand the issues, and have a conversation uh, with uh, your church staff as well. It would be very great. So, Rich, thank you for joining yeah. us. Again, uh, give us yeah. that website so people can get on your website, and appreciate you joining the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Thank you, sir. It's imagine320.org, imagine320.org. Again, don't settle for just attending church. Get involved in the life of your church and be a part of what God's doing in your community. Again, Rich, thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you, sir. Bless you. In our changing world, there are more ways than ever to do ministry. SAT7, as a broadcast media ministry, is changing how ministry is done. Through innovative approaches, collaborative efforts, broadcast satellite television, web streaming, and social media, SAT7 is making a difference. Visit SAT7 online today at sat7usa.org to learn ways you can be a part of this kingdom work. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. If you know of an unconventional ministry approach, please introduce us. We'd like to have them on as guests. Thank you again for joining this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Thank you.